0: This is so Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. I'm David. And people who watch the video version of this probably have seen Nikki in the background sometimes. And of course, if you, you know David, you Nikki too. I mentioned her a lot. Have have her on the show this week because yeah, we're talking about down. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Very exciting. Uh, there's a third one coming out. So we thought, you know what, we'll go back and, and talk about the first two. And I was told, David told us. That Nikki really wanted to talk about these movies. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Um, Yeah,
1: I I had to bring in the real guns on this because I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. Josh, as you know, Garrett, as you may know. So I had to bring in Nikki. She's a Ravenwood and she knows exactly what's going on, who, who these people are. Who is important and who's not? And oh. it gets even cringier than that because He's we were talking down.
2: this morning. We were talking about the ending to Friends of Grendelwald and talking about, well, what's Grievous's big deal? And David was like, Grievous is going to turn out to be Voldemort's dad. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh.
0: Uh, are you a, a Ravenclaw though, or did he make that up?
2: No, I'm a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so that's three. Three of
0: us
1: are Ravenclaws. Have you ever
0: taken the real test?
1: I have, but I, yeah. in truth, this movie we're going to get into what I really am because this movie. He's the, listen, he's the American version. He doesn't want anything to do with the British version. He yeah. wants to go to the. He wants to go to the American school. He doesn't better want better than he, that. The, Ilvermorny, sounds, Ilvermorny sounds like a cool place. I'm a Thunderbird or whatever there, but I, I'll tell you, this movie had my true representation. Okay. People ask, what's your house? I'm a muggle. All right. I'm a nomad. I'm a regular person. I don't want any part in this. So it's nice to see some true representation for me in the role of Dan Fogarty in this movie.
0: Well, then I'll say for the sake of, I think, fairness, why don't we start with David as the non-Harry Potter person. Give us your thoughts on Fantastic Beasts and where to find
1: them. It gets right into it. I have read the first two Harry Potter books. I have uh, seen how many movies did they make seven? eight. They made eight. I saw I saw six of eight. I have seen, I've absorbed, but I was a lemony Snicket kid. I was a Chronicles of Narnia kid. So I didn't I wasn't that into Harry Potter. And then it became so much more than either of those other two books, really. Well, you can make an argument. Chronicles of Narnia is really popular, but Harry Potter is as over the last few years. So coming into it, I was really like, I'm not invested. So, like, it, it was going to take a little bit to kind of get me there. I think... So, the movie starts with Newt Scamander, who, per my understanding, is referenced a lot in the books, but has never been seen before. And he is a magical zoologist. And he is coming to America for vague reasons that are kind of... They're part of the plot, but not really, like, overly overall that important. Because... It all becomes a big comedy of errors when his uh, briefcase full of, of creatures gets mixed up with uh, the true hero of the movie, Dan Fogler, who plays Jace, Jacob Kowalski, a uh, normal guy, a no match. And honestly, I love that their dynamic of the movie. Newton and Jacob are good buddies, they work. I, I, when When he's kind of being introduced to this world, honestly, it was the best way to go about it. I think you needed a regular person to be sort of shown this stuff, which in the original movies, Harry Potter, Harry was that figure, the kind of person who didn't know anything being brought into the world. But I think it was more interesting for me here because they're all adults, they're all grownups. This isn't like, a, this isn't a little kid's Harry Potter starting out. These are all like adults. They're out of school. The school aspect of it is gone. You don't have to worry about Harry Potter getting pants by Malfoy or any of that stuff. It's easier. Grown up people with grown up problems, man can't afford alone. Okay. So it is like real people problems. And I really liked it. Okay. So you really liked it. Yeah. Well, that, that
0: came, that surprised
1: me. Later. I don't feel like I expected that, uh, that <laughs> I response after that. I didn't either, I, either. There was nothing negative about that analogy. I just didn't expect that. That's what I liked was Newt and Jacob. Most of the stuff with Creedence Clearwater Revival and the, the I, That's second, what I think of every time, and, too. And the second Salamanders. Like, I was kind of overall disinterested in that whole storyline. I liked Colin Farrell because he seems like an intimidating bad guy. But even that had its own twists and machinations within it. So that stuff I was kind of disinterested. I was kind of more interested in Newt, Jacob, and the Beast. So this movie did not really tell me where to find some of these creatures, and that was my whole hope going into it. In Newt's bag, yes, that's where you can
0: find all the. <laughs> that's where you find them. Okay, well, you liked it. All right, well then let's let's go to the other side, and let's hear Nikki's.
2: I, as someone who actually did read the the Harry Potter books, he's right that that the idea of Newt's commander is referenced throughout. The books, not as much as he kind of implied, but we do, we always are aware that this new guy existed and that he found all of these magical creatures. And I don't know about Garrett and Josh, but as reading the books growing up, I did always kind of think, I bet those adventures would be really cool to hear. Rowling's got something in her head. She has to because of how detailed she just was with that whole world. Something had to be there. So I was very excited. When they announced that the 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 movie was going to be made, because I was very excited to get to dive into this history that we've always heard a lot about. When we talk, when we get more detailed and talk about casting things, I, I have comments I want to make about different members of the cast. We'll get there, but I don't really have anything different from what David said. I really liked getting to dive into this history that we had heard about for a very long time and had always been vaguely aware of. And maybe some of you who are more into the lore than. Others knew a little bit more about it than, uh, than the rest of us. But I did think it was really cool to finally get to see a lot of that brought to screen. I actually hadn't watched the first one. We saw the first one in theaters and then I hadn't watched it uh, again until yesterday when we sat down to refresh our memories for this. And I had just as much fun watching it last night as I did when I saw it in theaters, I, I think it is, I think it's a fun movie. We'll get more into thoughts on the sequel later, but I sort of feel like this first one is a little more polished than Crimes of Brundelbald. I just, it's a little bit neater, and we can get into that that later. But I did enjoy that. I will give my one comment. I talked to David about this morning and he didn't agree with me. We'll see how you guys feel. I'm a little insulted. I, I was very excited to get into the American wizard world because we're we're told that wizards exist in France and we're told that they exist in is it Hungary or Romania I can't remember which we're told that they're there obviously they're in the UK we're not ever told in the Harry Potter books that it exists in America there's not even like a throwaway line about it the lore kind of hinted at the idea that it existed but we never really saw it so it was really cool to get to see that but i personally i don't know about you guys i am a little offended that the American word for muggle is just simply nomad, because listen, I get that to the rest of the world, America looks pretty dumb. Like I understand that, and in a lot of ways, we've deserved that reputation. But it just makes it feel like we're even stupider. Well, you don't got no magic, so that's what I'm. Gonna, I'm going to call you. You're a nomad because you got, I got no
1: the re- magic. But I got the retort, I'd rather be a nomad than a muggle. Muggle sounds like a slur. It really does. It sounds like some mean British guy. You got your offensive accent. Some guy was just like, oh, you're a muggle. It's what you are, you dumb muggle. Yeah. It's just dumb. Muggle sounds ugly compared to nomad. I'd rather be a nomad.
2: Well, and like we pointed out when we talked a little bit more about it, the, the French called them the nomad, which is pretty close to nomad. Uh, and in Germany, it is the can spells. Which I kind of think is interesting. I kind of like that one the most. So maybe Nomad is kind of closer to that, but it's still just—it's so like obvious of a name that it just—it made me feel like, okay, I get it. Americans are stupid. We know. I don't know. It just felt
1: we're really not out. clever enough to come up with a word like Muggle. Exactly, that's my thing. But yeah, I, I've I really liked the movie too. Okay, all right. What uh, did you guys think? I never thought
0: about the. Well, the no match thing. Huh. I I get it. I get it. I don't know where I fall yet. I'll have, to, I'll have to simmer on it for a little bit. But yeah, it does seem sillier. Garrett, you go next.
1: Yeah, no, this is a theater movie. I was very disinterested watching it. It was the first time I'd watched it since the theaters too. And I was really into it. I walked away like, Mr. Noob Commander, Oh my God, let's know more about him. Jacob is the greatest thing in the world. I'm so excited. And this time I just was like, I think that it suffers from, and, and so I'm somewhere in between David and Nithy as far as like Harry Potter fandom, where I never really read the books, but I was super into the movies until the fifth one, and then I just wasn't, and then I got into them as an adult again, so then I read all the books, and got back into the movies, so I'm somewhere in between, but it I, it suffers from a general fandom of you have to make me care about these characters, and I care about them the first time I see them. But then I don't remember them afterwards like that. They're not in my uh, memory already. Like this is my first initiation into them. And so with Harry Potter, I had books that were already there for most of my life. And now I'm just being introduced to him for the first time in this franchise. And I just don't think that they've done enough for it to stick with me. It was a really fun movie when I saw it, but I never revisited it again. And I think that is going to be a problem with that they have in the long term with this is I just don't think people care enough to really care. I think they're very interested, but I don't think that people are going to be overly excited despite the fact that it is in the Harry Potter fandom. I just don't think it has that ability. It will, I'm not saying it won't. I guess this is going to be a huge movie maker, this new one that comes out and it's going to make a ton of money and all of that, but I just For me, I just don't care enough right now, and I need this franchise to pick up some momentum. does not want to say
2: Well, and in support of what you're saying, there's, what, four years between when 2 and 3 came out? Which, I mean, is not the studio. We've kind of dealt with the major world crisis here. But in support of what you said, I think you bring up a good point in that there's a pretty good amount of time. There wasn't a lot of time between 1 and 2, but there kind of is with 2 and 3. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's that is true. And uh, unfortunately, again, for not the studio's fault, there's been some unfortunate controversy attached to this franchise in the last few years between JK Rowling, Johnny Depp's whole situation, which we'll get into the Johnny Depp of it all later. But yeah, I think that there's definitely um, a possibility that some people may have either lost interest or just lost steam. That can happen. I will say that for me, I think I'm a bit closer to, I think I'm a bit closer to Garrett's take there about the whole it being a theater movie. It does have a certain, it is better on a big screen. There's a lot of great magic and a lot of great special effects. And it didn't quite suck me in as much on on the TV because I also don't think I've watched it. I don't think I've watched it at home either until this instance. I think I last saw it in the theater. And I still, I, I enjoyed it, but it did not suck me in as much as the first time. So it lost a little luster. But overall, I do think that this first one is pretty good. I like Newton Jacob a lot. David, you talked about that. They do have a really good dynamic. A lot of the side characters are tougher sales for me. And I think that's part of, I think some of that's casting, which uh, Nikki, you brought up that, that you had some comments on as well. I don't love Ezra Miller. I don't. Love. I don't love that we lose Colin Farrell. I was trying to. I was. I wanted to say this first without immediately bashing Johnny Depp. I'm not a huge fan, but I think the main thing is I'm sad that we lose Farrell, and not necessarily that we gain Johnny Depp. But that was that's a huge twist at the end that I remember. Even when I did see it in the theater and loved it, the movie that I I had like the hair sucked out of me because I was like Johnny
2: Johnny Depp. No, I no, I agree. Well, I agree to an extent. I, I I didn't like the Johnny Depp reveal after the first one, strictly because I didn't think Colin Farrell was doing anything wrong. No, he was really pretty good. I thought. Uh, yes, and especially with the reveal that it's supposed to be Grindelwald, I get the direction that they ended up going with it, and and I can we can talk about that later. But he does sort of bring this like charismatic I want like I can get you to listen to me sort of vibe to it to get you to do my malicious things and I guess Johnny sort of has that but in a very different sense I don't know we I I ended up not hating Johnny in Friends of Grindelwald which we can talk about later but that was my thing with Colin Farrell was what was where did he get anything wrong I thought he was great
1: yeah, it, it, as we, as casting forward a little bit here, we know that in the third movie, it's going to be a different actor again. And again, this is not necessarily something they were going for, but if this was to continue past the third movie, I say just recast it again. Yeah. You know what? The opening of the opening six sec- sequence of Secrets of Dumbledore when we get there should be the back of Johnny Depp's head, maybe not actually Johnny Depp, but just looks like, right? Reforming into Mads Mickelson. And just nobody knows what this guy really looks like. And that can just be his thing is no one yeah. really, except for maybe Dumbledore, nobody really knows what this guy has looked like for the past however many years. And so in Fantastic Beasts Part 4, you drag in Benedict Cumberbatch or you drag in a who's another like British legend. Now what you do is in the last one, you have the big reveal of the final actual Grindelwald, and it is Robert Danny Jr., <laughs> and it ties into Sherlock, and then they run off and solve crimes into British. In the British uh, Damn, uh, I would agree. It's, it's a perfect segue. I made the same joke, kind of, but opposite. I said it should be Martin Freeman, and it will be two Watsons against each other. So oh, I was like, no right, We can't go wrong. Go with that. We can't, can't go, go, go wrong. wrong. Just, just keep recasting it. Make that a part of his character as opposed to it being like this. Well, we had honestly, to keep casting the role thing. Honestly, at this point in time, I think that would be a good creative take on it because they they have, you're right, Colin Farrell was, well, he did so good in that one. And, and us kind of already knowing that he's Grindelwald in some way, shape, or form as the movie unfolds is fun for us. And then you just revealed him to everyone else and you can slick back his hair and die blonde and it can still be Colin Farrell and you don't lose anything or gain anything. And you don't have to deal with all of this, the the stuff that arose afterwards. So you don't set yourself up for, for stuff like that. But at this point in time, I think it would be fun to just mask him every time. I think that would be a really fun way to, to, to keep that franchise fun, too. Because I, I think that they're going to struggle. Because, again, for me, Jacob is the best character. Overall, Jacob is the best character, and I think that is a problem. I care more about him than Newt or anyone else who I can't name because I can't, I don't care enough about well, him. You know, well, yeah, sorry. I mean, to this franchise, this specific wing of it, right? The, the Fantastic Beast part of this Wizarding World franchise, which they have that title as though they've got more than two franchises at this point. They don't yet, maybe they will someday. There's a little bit of when this movie first starts, and I remember seeing, feeling it in the theater, a little bit of desperation because Warner Brothers knows that they kind of, they made Harry Potter and they kind of did the definitive version of it already. There were complaints that some parts of the books weren't as it weren't right. But for the most part, most Harry Potter fans liked the movies or they, the movies fit exactly what it should have looked like. A lot of the feel of it, the magic looked good. For the most part. Now, everybody has their complaints. But it's going to be a really... If they were to a year from now say, hey, we're going to start making Harry Potter movies again. We're going to start over with the first one. Fans would go, why? We've got eight movies that you spent... What What was it? 15 years making. And they're all perfectly good. There's no reason to start over and do them over again. I don't want to watch Harry Potter grow up a second time. But I think it, we're going to... So like. There's a little bit of they need something. They have the rights to this... To this this J.K. Rowling verse and they need something. They really need this to kind of work a little bit. I'm all about an expansion of a world like Harry Potter. There are so many different things that can be done and I have no issues with expanding it into a movie verse, into a TV verse. Give me more content, whatever. I'll take it and I will consume it more than likely. But I think what they're going to run into again is because of us as fans, we have Harry Potter to look back at. We know what to expect. So we don't know what to, what to expect here. We don't know what's in the mind coming from this. Like we don't have anywhere to go. So we're just assuming what we want, what we want it to be or what we think it's going to be. And for me, I agree with David where I wanted to see something more with these fantastic beasts. And what I'm getting is a more Newt is becoming Harry Potter. And I don't want that for Newt. I don't want Newt as Harry Potter. I want more from Newt. And that's I'm definitely just of, of overarching, very similar to Harry Potter-esque story of uh, Dumbledore and a bad guy and someone caught in the middle trying to solve the problem. And I wanted something different. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily know what it was. And I can't assume I, I know what's what it's about was. to become because there's five of these. So there's clearly an idea. And I just don't know what it is. I'll tell you what, what you and I wanted was Jungle Cruise. We want sort of the adventure without any of the weight because there's this element of this franchise, which is there's a war coming and there's this big bad guy that like really like it's like it kind of stinks that like Newt could be this kind of fun, whimsical character on this cool, these wild adventures that don't have to have this world ending weight hanging over his head. And I feel like that's where for me, I, I, I lost some interest in the movie. Like I liked the movie, like I said at the beginning. But that aspect of it, of this, like, evil criminal that, like, Newt has to, like, kind of deal with is, I don't know, it's just so much, like, heavier than I really want, I think, I, from the movie. I, a little bit more of Newt exploring strange locations and finding the crazy animals. Yeah, lot, in, the, the, in the jungle, in the, the safari, the big elephant has escaped or whatever, I don't remember what, was, what the animal mm-hmm. is, and, and they're having to corral it, and this animal is in the city. Give me... um the modern day Jurassic world, but Newt Scamander, like he is out there in this world, trying to collect this information and, and write this book. I think that's what I was kind of expecting this yeah. new Scamander in the junk, in this world, we're with him learning about these animals. Very Harry, a very Jurassic Park-esque instead of Harry Potter-esque. It was just a, a different element. Well, and that, I, that's- I think
0: in some ways though, we do get that in this movie. If if we we contain the conversation to this movie, then that is we're
1: expanding. But
0: I do agree that it does seem like they're building this franchise to be bigger than Newt to where it feels almost like he's not the focus anymore. It does seem like we're building towards a it's kind of like Dumbledore is the protagonist. Down the line is where I feel like we're going versus uh, Grindelwald. And for Harry Potter fans who are like deep in the lore. We kind of know where that's going because there is enough story built in to where we're familiar that they're that they had a big. Well, game.
2: and on that note, I do appreciate that we're getting to see that played out. So we, agreed. Yeah, we, we know that Dumbledore had a crazy life and, and kind of kind of the true story of growing up. The more we learn about him, the more disappointed we are like, oh, OK, turns out he's kind of not a savior. He made some bad choices in his life. Right. And I have also, all right. I have. He is. And and I have all sorts of stuff that I can say about <laughs> Dumbledore later, but I, I I do appreciate that we are getting to see that played out because we yeah. know that there is a lot of story there. I just don't know that in support of what Garrett's saying. I don't know that Fantastic Beasts is the place to tell that story. Yeah, I think that story could have been told on its own.
1: We're a great There's, place for that. I'm sorry. But do, I'm you, do you? So the, do you know where a, a great place for that story to be told is? An HBO Max series. Yes. Similar to, give me yeah. this story with an overarching Dumbledore from his rise and fall of, give me that violent, like oh, Harry Potter fans are mostly adults now. So give me that more violent, brutal side
2: yeah.
1: in an HBO story and I will eat it up. But also, uh, and I want this magical, well, then, fantastical world for, for new. I
0: was going to say, yeah. imagine. another television show where it's Newt and it's kind of like Dr. Whovian and he's just traveling around different places finding magical animals. That could work too.
2: It's it's very funny that you bring that up because on the whole casting thing, if we can just kind of get into that for a second, very early in the, when it was announced this was going to be a thing, very early in the production days, there were rumors, nothing like legitimate, nothing confirmed, at least that I know of, to, to my knowledge, this was just kind of like a fan casting that kind of got put out there. But there were rumors that Matt Smith was in talks to play Newt's commander. Listen, I understand that... Uh, oh, David, do you hear that? Yeah, I hear it. Yeah, he's up. I understand that Matt Smith as Newt's commander would just be the 11th Doctor in Fantastic <laughs> Beast. I understand that, but that doesn't mean I don't want it. <laughs>
0: You right. know, I can see he—he he is kind of Eddie Redmayne, so I could yeah. see that. Well, and especially but I am Gotham glad could do that
2: with the giant rhinoceros in the zoo thing or hip, whatever it was. That fantastical kind of a
1: combo beast, of those things.
2: That fantastical beast, if I may, when that was happening and he was kind of like doing the weird motions, like to try to like get it to copy him and emulate him as that was happening, I thought to myself, "That's eleven. <laughs> like it's just eleven. It just is." And I—I I get. That's all it would have been. But man, I would have loved it.
1: Yeah, well, he's in that group of he's in that group of British actors who didn't get to do Harry Potter the first time. Every British actor except for nine were in those movies. <laughs> Martin Freeman yeah. was in an interview one time and he talked about him and it was like he says, like, me and he yeah, he lists a so bunch of other guys that Sean Simon Pegg. And a bunch of guys, they were just like a, they were like in a Dickensian novel with their nose against the glass, just watching from the outside as all the other actors got to play Harry Potter and just watching and hoping that one day they'll get the call. Bringing you back to this movie, I want to talk about Jacob Kowalski again for me was just the standout character that really brought this movie home. Mm-hmm. I think that this movie really came together for me in the end. The ending, I felt, was strong emotionally because of how attached I felt to Jacob and I think that for I think that's where this movie hits a home run is it brings us as the muggles or the no matches into this world of we have known for years this magic existed and what would it be like to be a part of it and so we are experiencing this Newt Scamander story from his perspective after so many years of wanting that perspective, being brought into this, what would it be like if I got to be brought into this world? And so for him to experience all of this stuff and be accepted and then have to give it up at the end is it really hit me home. I think that where is where this movie really shines is the adaption of him or the adoption of him into this world and us being able to experience it through his eyes.
2: And that should have been the story is this nomad being brought into this world that he had no idea existed and these animals that he had no idea existed and getting to just completely wrap himself in that world with this one wizard who kind of takes him under his wing. Like that should have been the story to support what you were saying earlier. I think that should have been the story.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that would have been a good angle for sure. Um,
1: And then you could build towards whatever Newt Scamander adventure needs to go to whatever help an animal. I don't know. Yeah. It's her job, not mine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this is something that we're always teasing ahead. We'll talk about more next week in Crimes of Grindelwald. But it, it almost makes you wonder why, because of Jacob kind of working as the vessel for the viewer, why they needed to obliviate him at the end the way that they did. I just didn't feel like it was necessary to need to do that, I guess. Kind of bummed yeah. me out.
1: I guess it, they really wanted, it seems like they kind of wanted to establish that the story had stakes in a way, but it was also like, well, maybe did they not know if they wanted to have Jacob back in the next one? Yeah. Or they, I was like, well, you could tell by the end or by the kind of the, the, the denouement, if you will, to be fancy. We have new, or Jacob clearly remembers elements of what he went through because all of his pastries are they are inspired by the crazy, crazy beasts that he encounters, which is a fun idea. And they explain it in the second one. They kind of touch on why he remembers things. And it's one of those ones that if you are, if you'll accept it, if you do, if you don't like it, you're just going to be like, nope, dumb. Hey, I know, buddy. It was an emotional part though, when he had to step out into that rain and he was yeah. like, nah, I got to do this. Like you,
2: you said, know how. You know how at the end of Avengers Age of Ultron, Thor is like going off to try to find the stones. And then at the start of Ragnarok, he's, so oh, I was going to go find the stones. That didn't really work out. Like it kind of feels like that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Like, he means, decided it to means. take
2: this in a different in a yeah. direction. Good
1: yeah. go. But uh, also one last wrap up on the casting thing. There's a ton of like yeah. people snuck into this movie. Ron Perlman, yeah. uh, John Voight, Zoe Kravitz Sheesh is fan. like a blinking, you missed it, a uh, little thing. Looking through the cast list here, trying to find somebody else. That's it. Jimmy Chan's like, oh, yeah. snuck in here in this movie, like in two line role. So there's that. Yeah. Pretty, I, I think this wasn't necessarily the worst way to, you, this isn't the best, worst start to a franchise that we've no. It's pretty good. Well, we're, we
0: are at the part of the show where David would give us a, a box office rundown if he is capable.
1: Yeah. Now, if mom would come get this kid, I'll trade her while I do this part. Sure. Okay. And grab him, and I'll I'll read him. Look at that teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. There and 10-101 work together, friends. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them opened November 18th, way back in 2016. Just feels like yesterday, doesn't it? 2016 was its own era. It was. And uh, it opened to actually a pretty decent $74.4 million, which is a good open for a new thing. In the number two spot that weekend was Doctor Strange in its third week. It was a very magical weekend. Because you had Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them, Doctor Strange. In the number three spot, you had Trolls, which has a lot of magic and stuff going on. Yeah. Brought in 17.4 in its third week. <laughs> at number th- four, you had Dennis Villan- Villanuevu's Arrival. Denis yeah, Villanuevu, yes. His movie Arrival came in at number four. That's a great movie. 12.1. And then at number five, almost Christmas. We need to add that to our Christmas list. Yeah, for future Christmas movies. Almost Christmas brought in seven point two. And then just as a, a name drop, he also had uh, Axol Ridge at number six, which I never saw, but it got a lot of got a lot of attention. We, Nikki usually watches movies based on who, what guy she's crushing on at a time. So Garfield, Andrew Garfield's been a recent interest. So anyway, Fantastic Beast would go on to make two hundred and uh, thirty four million in the United States. It would do even better overseas, where it brought in four hundred, five hundred, excuse me, and eighty million dollars, giving a worldwide total of eight hundred and fourteen. So, on a new franchise, PG thirteen, it's actually pretty good. It would be the number. Let's see here. It's very hard to do with a baby in your hand. Just try to scroll. <laughs> it would be. It was. It finished as the number one, as the number twelve movie in the United States for the year of twenty sixteen. Number one movie. I'd ask you guys to guess, but I don't think you'd get it. It is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Not number two, one. you have Finding Dory. Number three, Captain America: Civil War. Number four, Secret Life of Pets, and number five, St- sorry, The Jungle Book. So then, and then, right, uh, Fantastic Beast would finish just above Doctor Strange, beating out his his rival wizard who would take the number thirteen spot that year. And I was looking at this. Well, I don't really read this number off very much, but given how the box office did last year, I kind of want to point out that 2016 was an up year for the box office. It was uh, brought in 11 million total for all movies, or 11 billion for all movies, which was up from the previous year by about 2%. So that's the end of the box office stats. I'll kick it over to Josh for the Letterboxd game.
0: Okay. We'll play some Letterboxd game here. We're going to guess the score of this movie. I'm going to read some of the community's favorite reviews before we do that guess. And I think this first one, which is the most popular review on Letterboxd, might i don't know relate to kind of how we have the general vibe of this episode i think it is a 3 star review and it says i was going to complain but then i remembered something my dad once said when the hobbit movies came out quote the movies might not be great but any time spent back in middle earth is time well spent and having spent my entire childhood obsessed with harry potter i have to apply that logic here to the wizarding world universe as well and i yeah yeah, the movies aren't great, but like I'm happy to be back in the wizarding world, I think is the best way I can I can describe it. Some other popular reviews. Colin Farrell morphing into Johnny Depp is tied with Jared Leto's Joker for number one spot on my list of the ugliest fit 2016 cinema forced me to see with my own eyes.
1: Yeah, that is true. That took a lot of thought. They're not wrong
0: scanning for it. okay let me go to some negative for funsies. These, oh. are al- these are always the really unhinged ones um half star if i could give it a zero i would oh I, some of these I, some of these contain words i won't say oh. <laughs> half a star dog shit uh half a star one of the worst things i've ever watched which seems to be a common theme among these uh, negative reviews lame
1: if you're going to give me a negative review at least make me laugh I know they weren't overly funny, except for that. Jeremy. Come on, negative.
0: Okay, well, those are some reviews. Who's brave enough to pick a three point
1: the- two? Okay, yeah, I'm in at that, that same range. I'm going to guess it has like a three point one. Okay, three point six 3.
0: guess for me. Nick- okay, what 6, was it, what was yours again, David?
1: Mine was three point one. Okay, I'm going to try to hit the nail on the head. Did you see it, Josh? Already? I did. I did. Oh.
0: So I, so I won't guess, but we do have a winner of course. Oh, I've already forgotten, but I think it's, a, I think we have one right on the nail. 3.2. Oh, so Garrett, yes, Garrett got it right on the nail. 3.2 stars based on 300,000 plus reviews. So swish. that is a pretty, pretty average, high end average, I think for Letterboxd.
1: Yeah, I think this is a three-star movie for me. I I watched it originally, and I do think that the theater effect is real for this one, because I was hyped and excited and gave it a four stars, but a full star drop, three. Okay. David, what's your guess? Yeah, no. I I remember enjoying it fairly well in the theater, despite my lack of interest in Harry Potter, the franchise as a whole. And uh, I enjoyed it for the most part this time. So I'm actually going to go up a little higher. I'm going to give it a three and a half, just because... I wouldn't. I, if I asked to watch it again, I wouldn't have a problem. It's not like, Ugh.
0: Okay. I'm going to give it a three to match Garrett. What does Nikki give it? What do you give it? Perfect.
2: Capricious. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that makes us pretty close to the letterboxed average. So that's it for this episode. Find us online at so com. We'll be back next week with Fantastic Beasts 2. Very exciting.